Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer requests, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Joshua 24:15 says, Choose today who you will serve. That's earlier in the Old Testament. Scripture's telling us we have a choice. You look back to the Garden of Eden, we see that Adam and Eve had a choice. Folks go, well, why did God even put that other tree in the garden? Why didn't he just put the tree of life there? Why did he put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Because God is not a tyrant. He's always given us a choice. Over the years, you've heard me say this, and I, this rings so true and so clear in my mind like it was yesterday. I've heard people say to me over the years so many times, why, didn't, why, why won't God just make me? Maybe you've thought that before. I think I've had seasons where I'm like, I wish the Lord would just decide for me. No. He loves you so much, and He loves you enough to let you choose. He did not create pre-programmed robots where you're just going to walk around and just do every. You're just not. We're going to do right sometimes, and sometimes we're not going to do right. Why? Because we choose. Everybody in this house, if you would, say this with me. Say, I have a choice. Uh huh. Somebody say, I have the power to choose. Somebody say this again. Say, I have the power to choose. You have the power to choose. So even in the situations where it feels like, man, everybody's choosing for me, you have a choice. You really do. There's just good and bad choices. So choose today who you will serve. Choose today what you're going to do. Just like in the Garden of Eden, we can obey God or not. We can love people or not. We can walk by faith or not. We can come to church or not. We can pray or not. We can be in the Word or not. We can choose. We can treat people kindly when no one's looking. We can work hard when the boss isn't looking. We can do good and honest things when nobody's looking. We can do the right thing. Or, you know, simple things like we can throw trash outside the window of our car when nobody's looking. Hopefully you don't get caught. There's a fine for that, right? In Texas, they say, don't mess with Texas. I remember when I was a kid, there was a sign that said, fine up to $250 back in the day. Don't mess with Texas. There was trash all the way around the sign. Someone had chosen to mess with Texas and throw trash out there. I think for a while, Governor Richardson, he had a campaign here called Toss No Moss. Do you remember that one? Don't throw your, don't litter, Toss No Moss. That sounds cool. I don't know if it helped. But anymore, man, I feel convicted. If I throw something and it just goes on the ground, I feel like, oh, man, I, I shouldn't do that. I feel like this, the Spirit of God in me convicts me. I feel bad about that. I don't want to just do that on purpose. I know we accidentally litter sometimes. We're humans. We're consumers. But, man, I don't want to deliberately just throw trash on the ground. I don't. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. And I'm going to read through verse 20. So check this out. The man of God here speaking to the children of Israel. He says, today I've given you the choice between life and death. It's not always that clear cut. But I mean, he's, he's really breaking it down to foundational things here. He says, today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. I love the rest of this. Look at this. He says, now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Fascinating. I believe that the choices we make are recorded in heaven and earth. I believe the choices we make are recorded in heaven and earth. Your words are powerful. They affect things. Your words change things. Your words cause things to happen, even physically, in your brain. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Dr. 
is it Carolyn Leaf or Carol Leaf? She talks about toxic thoughts and different stuff. They've proven scientifically that when you think bad things, there's things that grow in your brain that look like dark trees even. And when you have thought patterns and bitterness and unforgiveness and, and problems in your mind, there's dark trees that grow in your brain. When you start to forgive and renew your thinking, those dark trees fade and go away and change color. Yeah. It's powerful. So it's so amazing. It says, I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. I believe all of earth knows in nature the choices we make because I believe it affects nature. Yeah. I do. Did you know the fall of man affected animals? Yeah. It's heartbreaking, but animals get cancer. It's like we're, because of our choices in the Garden of Eden, animals get diseases too, not just humans. The whole earth fell. All of nature fell. All because of our choices. We go back to this. I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Your choices, your yes or your no, it affects people around you. And I believe it's recorded in heaven and earth. Okay, so, oh, look at what he says here. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Look at the next verse. You can make this choice. This is to take away any doubt. Well, how can I choose blessing or cursing? How can I choose death or life? What do I do? You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, wow, I love that. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land that the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's God speaking to Israel, but what a parallel here for us as believers. Whatever your promised land is, whatever God's will is for you, you can live long in that land if you'll obey Him and just love the Lord your God. You can love the Lord your God. All right. So my first point tonight some of these are very closely related, but I wanted to make a distinction between these points. Look at point one tonight. Look at what this says. Make sure your beliefs and choices line up with the Word. If you're going to call yourself a believer, you need to make sure that your beliefs or your choices, right? I added choices. Up there it just says make sure your beliefs line up with the Word. I've spoken to some people who have invented their own beliefs. Look at this one. You ready for this one? This guy, he's a really good guy. He does not go to this church. He's of a different religion, if you want to say, because it is. It's a different religion. Um, they call themselves Christians, but a lot of their beliefs are, are strange. And he said, I remember he told me when his dad died last summer, and he said, ever since his dad died, he's made odd statements to me. And I really like this guy. But he's made odd statements to me, like, yeah. I know my dad's up there in heaven working for me now. And it's like, okay, that, oh, all right, well, I don't know exactly. But then he started to make other statements that kept going. And I could see his belief system, and I can understand that he doesn't read his Bible. He has a love for God, but he doesn't, he hasn't obeyed the commandments of the Lord because he, he doesn't know his Bible. He started to say, yeah, um, he, he said, there was something quirky that happened in his day, and he said, that was my dad. It kind of freaked me out. I'm like, your dad's a ghost, like, helping you on earth now? And I'm not making fun of him. I'm, I'm making light of it because it, it was kind of humorous, and I, I don't get into doctrinal discussions with him. I mean, he knows I'm a pastor and stuff, but I just, 
I just talk about Jesus and things that we agree on, and I haven't gotten into doctrinal discussions with him. And he'll say something, say, yeah, something good happened. It was my dad. Scripture doesn't say that. My mom isn't in heaven answering prayers and taking care of me right now. She's not. She's got other things to do, number one. She is rejoicing and praising God. I don't know. I don't know what all they do in heaven. A minister years ago said, man, what are they doing in heaven today? I don't know. There's no time. They can eat what they want. They can do what they want up there. They have the light of God's throne. They can play sports. I don't know. They can travel the universe. They can live in their mansion. Somebody said, man, when you die and go to heaven, you're going to be surrounded by all your favorite pets in heaven that you've lost. Great. I don't know. I can't find that in Scripture. But I know that there are animals in heaven. Scripture says there's even odd-looking animals in heaven. So I can base things on Scripture, but... Some of those beliefs, I don't know where this guy got them from. And I love the guy. He's a decent guy. And I've, I've talked to other people where I've asked them, I've even asked them and put them on the spot where I've said, well, that's interesting. Where did you get that? He's like, oh, it's just, it's just what I believe. And you've heard people say that, haven't you? I remember years ago I was discussing doctrine with someone and they were talking about something that wasn't in Scripture. I said, that is not in Scripture. And you know, finally their final, their final answer for me was, it's how we've been taught. So I believe that. I believe that. Even if it's not in the Bible, I believe that. Okay. Here's the deal. Number one tonight, make sure your beliefs and choices line up with the Word because you have the power to choose. But having the power to choose is an awfully heavy responsibility because you can choose life or you can choose death. You can choose blessing or cursing. All right? So make sure your beliefs line up with the Word. Make sure your beliefs line up with the things God had said. Now, you're going to have to change your beliefs if they don't agree with Scripture. Okay? But that's between you and God. You've got to work on your beliefs if they don't agree with Scripture. We need to choose to obey God by sticking to His Word. Everything else is shifting sand. Jesus told a parable, and it's beautiful. And this is such a perfect parable. He said, There is a wise man built his house upon a rock, and the foolish man built his house upon a sand. Now, a house without a foundation or a house without a good foundation, it falls. There's an old antique house in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I don't know if they still have it, but in the early 80s they did. And I remember they said, this house is not built on a foundation. It has no foundation, so enter at your own risk. Now, I don't know if they still have it. I'm sure they've shored it up or, you know, put fortification or reinforcement around it to hold it up now if it still exists. But they said, enter at your own risk. This house does not have a foundation. Jesus knew exactly what he was talking about, and he was talking about himself, too, to build your life on Jesus, the Word. Because the Word stays the same, right? Politicians, they change what they're saying. The government, they change what they're saying. Laws change. Rules change. Things change. Lives change. We change our minds. The way we look changes. Man, you should see the way I looked in high school compared to right now. I looked really different. I did. I saw a picture the other day of myself at mom and dad's house, and I just smiled. I thought, man, things change. I look so different. So different. Things change. Always makes me laugh when people see me and don't recognize me, right? They haven't seen me bald in all these years. Or it even makes me laugh. I find humor in it when someone sees me, and they don't even bat, bat an eye. They just go, hey, Matt, what's up, man? Like, don't even, like they just recognize me. That's interesting. But things change, don't they? I know when you buy a house, 
You buy a house and you say, man, we, I want a house and it's a blessing. It is a blessing, but it's also a responsibility. Why? Because you've got to maintain that thing. You've got to maintain that thing. We have a fence in our backyard that needs replacing. I can promise you it wasn't that bad off when we moved into the house seven years ago. It wasn't. It's leaning. It's pretty sturdy, but it looks odd. It looks like it's bending. It's fading. It's doing all kinds of things. And it's a jimmy-rigged fence. It's homemade. But things change. Trees grow. Stuff falls. Bugs get in places. I remember one time we were storing dog food in the back for the dogs, and I had it in a place where I thought the mice couldn't get it. They got all in that stuff. Things change. And they don't, they don't just stay. Uh, what, what is, it's, it's one of the laws of thermodynamics. Things have a tendency for entropy, meaning they grow worse. They age and they fall apart. Okay? So with that in mind, once again, make sure your beliefs line up with the Word because the Word stands firm forever. That's point one tonight. Now point two, once you've looked into your beliefs and your choices, you need to go ahead and decide where you stand and choose where you stand according to the Word. That's point two. Some of you could say, well, that's, that's very similar to point one there. Yeah, but I wanted to make a distinction because once you look at your beliefs and take an inventory and see if they line up with the Word, you need to decide where you stand. Now look at this, see? It's interesting how different things go through Christians' minds. We say, okay, do I believe, and this is not a debate, I'm not trying to, you know, this is not a debate, I'm just giving you some stuff here. Um, what do I believe? Uh, as a believer, okay, when it comes election time, or when people ask me, or what do I believe in? Why do I believe in it? Um, do I believe in gay marriage? Well, you need to go, you need to decide where you stand, but you need to base it on scripture. You can always see where someone's coming from based upon their beliefs. You can always see where someone stands by the words that come out of their mouth. So you need to decide where you stand. Okay. Know your beliefs, but I caution you, make sure that your beliefs line up with scripture. Some, now here's the other danger. Some people don't know what they believe or where they stand. I've asked people on some important issues, not just, you know, well, that's great. That's a gray issue. Nobody cares. They just don't know where they stand. I remember years ago, a young lady in our life, um, it's being mentored and discipled, and she decided where she stood on alcohol. It had been a problem in her family, and she decided, I'm not going to be a drinker. Now, I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes tonight, but there's lots of believers who drink and justify it. Now, there are dangers to drinking, okay? This is not a message on this, but I feel like I need to say it. There are dangers to drinking because people go, well, will drinking send you to hell? Not directly, no. And people go, man, Jesus drank wine. You don't know exactly what he drank. Many have said it was new wine. It's grape juice. Okay, so wine is a word used very uh, generally in the Bible there. But check this out. What's the problem with drinking? Well, here's one of the issues is it's a bad testimony. You look just like the world when you're doing it. They go, oh, well, you're just like us. And then I've even seen people preaching the gospel of same. Basically, they're going, hey, man, accept Jesus, but basically just continue living how you're living. Just accept Jesus, though, so you can go to heaven, right? Well, there's issues with drinking. Bad reputation. Bad testimony. Um... It can, it can affect relationships terribly. It can open the door to addictions. 
It can open the door to curses that you didn't know were in your family tree. There's stuff in my family tree, I'm telling you. I've had to deal with enough stuff. I don't want to open that up. I don't want to open up that can of worm. I'm sure, honestly, if you really get down to it, everybody's an alcoholic if they start. Really. I mean, why even start with that? We don't even want to mess with that. So people have to decide where they stand on something. Now, once they do, that is between them and God. It's, really, it's not even up to me, no matter how I preach, what I preach about. This is, this is the power of your choices because you've got to decide where you stand. So once you decide what you, where you stand, you go, well, is this okay or is it not okay? Is this all right or is it not all right? Okay? But once again, you should, you should, can you hear me tonight? You should, as a believer, be able to line up your beliefs with Scripture. You should be able to. It's always safest, okay? You don't want to have a belief that doesn't line up with Scripture. Now, point three tonight. Point three, after you've decided where you stand, you need to go ahead and hold on to your faith and convictions. Let's go to Hebrews 10.23. This is not the best translation I chose for this for this point, but I'm going to explain it a little bit. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep His promises. Or His promise. That's what this verse says. So let's go to the beginning of that verse again. Let's hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. King James Version says, let us hold fast to our profession of faith. Faith. This one says, hope. There is a difference to me. Now, Hold fast, hold fast your confession or your profession of faith. Because once you've decided to walk according to the word, I'm, I guarantee it, the enemy and all of hell and all of the world wants you to break that. They want you to break your confession of faith. So you need to hold. Once you've decided where you stand and figured out what God's word says about certain things, you remember you have the power to choose. So you need to choose once again. Choose, choose, choose tonight. Choose to hold on to your faith and convictions. If you've decided to walk according to the word, now hold on to it. I've always had a lack of respect for people that changed according to what crowd they were in, based, you know, for their convictions. That's always bothered me. Even when I struggled and I was wishy-washy, when I was running from God's call, at times when I was a teenager and sometimes in my early 20s when I was struggling with stuff, I just thought, man, that's a bummer, man, when you're around people and they're different in different groups. You ever dealt with someone who's really, really nice to you when they're by themselves, but when they're in the group, they're a totally different person? Or when they're just with someone different, they're different with you. Or when they're with you, man, they're anti, let's just go ahead and use the same, they're anti-alcohol. But when they're with the primos, they're lighting it up. They're a toker, they're a smoker, and a joker, and a midnight, whatever that song said. Toker, a joker, a smoker, a midnight toker, I think is what it was. Yeah, there are all kinds of stuff because they're in a different crew there, but they don't hold fast to their, their profession of faith. So if you don't hold fast to your convi convictions then, here's my question, do you really have faith? Are you really walking in faith? Uh I don't know if you really believe if it's different every time. And if it's different every time you're with someone different. So you got to hold on strong to that. People, that. people that are just changing all the time. I remember I was working in the business world before I became a youth pastor. And this was in the late 90s. And I'd already had convictions. I was serving God, but I'd already had a real conviction in my life about keeping my word. Because, you know, the people I dealt with, like everybody I dealt with, they lied. And then I worked in finance companies. Oh, man, people love to sign a contract. And the first month it was due, they were cussing at you. 
I remember I stirred people up because I called them at work. We were told I was a finance company collector. I said, call them at work until they pay. Until, you know, someone's like, don't call here anymore, the boss or whatever. But I remember one time I went to somebody's house looking for them, and it wasn't the right house, and a lady came in screaming. I'll never forget that. It was summer. It was right around this time. I think it was the summer of probably 98. And she walked into the finance company yelling, and she said a few colorful words, and she says, why are y'all looking for me? And I remember I just smiled, and it, that kind of infuriated her more. Because I said, well, number one, who are you? I don't know you. I've never seen you before. She said, I'm so-and-so. And I said, oh, I went looking for you today, and I left a card at, on Albertson Circle or Albertson Street. And she goes, exactly, that's the wrong house, and that's none of people's business that I owe here, and I'm so embarrassed. And I said, so are you here to pay? I wasn't going to argue with her. I seldom argued with customers like that. And my boss was just sitting there just smiling. And he stood up, and I said, no, 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 I got it, I got it. I said, did you come to pay? Well, you know, and she was just mad, and she threw the money on the counter, and she was just so mad. <laughs> and that was one of the reasons I said, I've got to learn to be a man of my word. Because people are breaking their word all the time. People lie all the time. They'll lie about you, they'll lie to you, they'll lie to your face. Just walk up to you and lie. Just lie, lie, lie. And I said, you know what, I'm going to hold on to my faith and convictions in this area. And I believe that was very foundational for me because it helped me in my struggle with truth. If I had ever had a weakness for lying, which I think most people have at some point, it helped me in my struggle with truth. And I had a foundation of truth to say, if it comes out of my mouth, I'm going to do my best to accomplish what I said. I'm going to do my best to keep my word because I'd been raised around folks and I saw people even in the church that they just give their word about something didn't mean anything. And that was life-changing to me. So hold on to your faith and convictions. You have the power to choose. Let's go through these three points again. Point one, make sure your beliefs, and I added choices to this, line up with the word. That's number one tonight. Make sure your beliefs line up with the word. Number two, decide where you stand. You've got to decide where you stand and then take a stand because that leads to point three. This is you taking a stand. Hold on to your faith and convictions. No matter who you're with or where you are, What you see here at church with me or my wife or Pastor Fabian, that's who you see at the house. You, you see me here like this, this is who I am at home. This is who I am at home. I go through things, hey, I can be myself at home. I can go through trials and tribulations and stuff. But man, basically as a person, the person you see in public, that's the person I am at home. I'm not keeping my word in public and at home going, baby, and just lying to my wife and just being a different person. That would make no sense. I've decided, because I have the power to choose, I have decided and chosen to hold on to my faith and convictions here, at home, on the job, wherever I am, whatever city I am, whatever country I am. Did you know it's really, it's really easy to remember what you said last if you always just tell the truth? Yes. I've had people and they're like, what? I'll know what I told you, right? It's really easy to remember what you said if you just base your life on truth. Now, there's been times I said crazy stuff because I was ignorant or I didn't know about it, and I'm like, dang, I didn't mean to lie to you. Or I said that. I've told my wife that. I said that. She's like, uh-huh. I'm like, man. But it's a lot easier to remember what you said if you base everything on truth. So hold on to your faith and convictions. And remember, you have the power to choose. And remember this as well in closing tonight. 
Your yes and your no, your choices, yes or no, yes or no, they define your boundaries. Your yes and your no define your boundaries. And some people don't know what their boundaries are because they're, they're, they don't know what their yes or their no is. It's a maybe or it's, I mean, even the country song said check yes or no. You remember that song? Check yes or no. I think that's a George Strait song. Yeah, check yes or no. He was asking his wife out when she was his girlfriend or something. Check yes or no. Man, let it be yes or no. Like decide. Let's decide. Who are you going to serve? Are you going to be a believer or not? And I'm going to close with this. I've run across some believers lately. It, it freaks me out because they're doing their best to hold on to the world and hold on to spiritual things, and you can't do that. Jesus said you, will either, you, you, can't, you can't have two masters, Jesus said. You're going to love one and hate the other. Hate one and love the other. Man, I can't serve Jesus and the devil, can I? No. Uh-uh. No. So you have the power to choose. Remember, you always have a choice. You always have a choice. So make your beliefs and choices. Make sure they line up with the word. Decide where you stand and then hold on to your faith and convictions. Choose, choose, choose. Go ahead and bow your heads. Let's pray tonight.